Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Holm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I am your host, Monique Holm. On this show, we interview amazing, badass real estate investing goddesses, women that are crushing it in the real estate investing space. And I am so, 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 so excited to bring you today, Robin Alexander, who is not only one of the most badass, amazing investors ever. She also is part of our real estate investor goddesses family, which I'm so excited about. So she coaches our inner circle goddesses, and she also teaches. She trains in our Wealthy Goddess program and is bananas amazing. She's been investing in real estate since 1993 when she did her first fix and flip. In 2002, she began working as a real estate agent full-time and then as a broker. In 2006, after completing her CCIM education, just for commercial brokering, she moved into the apartment sector full-time. She currently has approximately 150,000 square feet of apartment space, totaling a little more than $31 million in assets under management and multifamily and mixed-use real estate. And she has developed the unique skill set to find, negotiate, renovate, and resell adaptive reuse and value-add properties, which she uses to consistently provide strong returns to her investors. She's our amazing mentor and coach, providing profound transformations for our goddesses and others. I'm so excited to have you, Robin. Welcome. Thank you so much, Monique. That was quite the intro. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like I've undersold, too. So our goddesses are always like, I want to be Robin when I grow up. (laughs) So (laughs) you're amazing. So welcome. Thank you so much. You got started back in 1993. What made you get started in real estate? Um, Back then, I was in the electrical engineering world, and that was a nine-to-five job. And I've always had an interest in real estate. It just seemed like it was a pretty natural thing to buy a piece of property and make it better and then sell it. It was way, way before any of the DIY shows or any of the popular knowledge that everybody has now on that. So I don't know, it just spoke to me. So I did it. I had my uh, journeyman's degree in architecture. So that probably promoted a little bit of the fascination as well, I think. Okay, amazing. Yeah. So that was well before the flips and flops and all the HGTV shows. So you were definitely a pioneer in that field. (laughs) And then you've moved over and you're mostly in multifamily doing adaptive reuse. So tell us a little bit about what that is. And while you're doing that, I'm going to close my window because my next door neighbor's dog is just barking up a storm. So hold on, on, I'm listening. So adaptive reuse is when you find a property that was built for one particular function and it's outlived that usefulness. 
And I take those buildings and I convert them into apartments. Sometimes it has a mixed use component where we have retail on the first floor. If it's in a central business district, that type of a thing. Otherwise, we just put regular apartments in there with no retail. The other thing that we do is the value add opportunity, value add component, where we take basically apartments that are in poor condition, and then we give them a lot of TLC. And we have a 15-month system that goes through the entire process of renovating it so that we get the maximum benefit for our tenants and also for us. So I love this concept of adaptive reuse right now, especially because a lot of multifamily is so expensive. It's very, very, very overpriced and inventory is limited. So going and finding things that are not multifamily, but tell us a little bit more about how you find these opportunities for adaptive reuse. Sure. A lot of times I call it driving for dollars. I'm driving down the main street and I see a building that looks like it needs some TLC and maybe it's closed or maybe it used to be a retail center or an office building, something like that. And if it looks like something that would fit with the highest and best use of apartments, then I make note of the address and then I track down the owner and then I ask them if they would consider selling. Right now, especially post-pandemic, there are so many phenomenal opportunities, especially in office, retail, and hotels for converting those into apartments. And it's very lucrative to do once you know how to do it properly. And trust me, I've made all the mistakes. But once you know how to do it properly, it's pretty easy to do. It's very lucrative. And we almost always have a wait list before the projects are finished because there's such a housing shortage in most of the areas where we invest that people are just clamoring for more space, especially if it's closer to downtown. That's awesome. I love that. Now, speaking of mistakes, because you you mentioned (laughs) you you made a few, and I think mistakes are actually super valuable because... We learn a lot more from when things don't go according to plan or what we thought than when they do. So what would you say was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? Oh, golly. How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) All the time. But we'll just focus on one for now. (laughs) Um, Gosh, there's been a lot of different mistakes that I've made from selecting the wrong team. And when I say team, I'm talking about the contractor and the architect especially on the adaptive reuse, having the right team is really going to expedite the success of the project. Having the wrong team is really going to drag it out and it's going to give you a lot of learning opportunities (laughs) when you select the wrong team. For example, I had selected an architect that wanted to be paid by a percentage of the completed job. And I said, wait a second, That's not an alignment of interest. In fact, that is a dichotomy of interests. In fact, that means that the more expensive the build is, the more money the architect gets paid, as opposed to trying to constrain the budget and keeping it in terms of what it needed to be. And so that's a mistake that you can make. Having an architect that won't release the intellectual property, meaning they won't release your drawings if you choose to hire another architect is another mistake I've made. That one, I had to go to court and get a court order to have them released to me. 
my first syndication, I did not do the communication with my investors like I should have done. That was a huge mistake for me. I've made so many mistakes, Monique, I can't even tell you, but that's one of the reasons why I'm really smart now. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Well, over almost 30 years, right, of investing, you'll have those kind of learning opportunities, right, that show up and you just become smarter and smarter and a better and better investor. Yeah. So I think the biggest lessons that I learned is really make sure that you have your systems in place for doing these deals and then making sure you have a good line of communication with the investors that you have. Make sure you have great communication with your team and definitely make sure that you hire the right team. (laughs) Yeah, this is a team sport for sure. And having the wrong team I think all my biggest mistakes too probably lie in that area for sure. Okay. So on the flip side, what are you most proud of? I think I'm the most proud of not giving up when the going gets rough and really being able to be resourceful and find the solutions when you have challenges, because there's always a challenge in every single project that we've ever done. And being able to find solutions for it that work is pretty good. So I'm proud of being resilient and resourceful. I'm also proud that I was courageous enough to go from playing at this level to pushing myself to playing at this level way up here, because that was really scary. And one of the things that I learned is it's really just a matter of more dollars and more commas in the deal and making sure that you do the worst case analysis to protect myself is really important. And so the systems that I've created as a result of going through what I've gone through and then breaking through the different levels of plateaus, I'm pretty pleased about that. I'd love to hear more. Tell me, what did this level look like for you? And what is this level now? And (laughs) what did it take to mentally, like to find the courage to do that? I'm kind of glad you asked that question. So playing way down here was more the single family fix and flips, the little baby commercial apartments, the four, five, six, seven units, fixing and flipping those. Those were pretty small, comparatively speaking, to where I am now. And I knew I had the ability to do it. I knew I was smart enough to do it. I was just absolutely terrified to do it. Because now instead of working in the half a million to a million and a half, maybe $2 million mark, now I was moving into 10, 15, 20, $40 million. And I recently put a bid in on a portfolio that was up at auction and a bid that I put in was $48 million. It still catches my breath when I think about the numbers, but I also know that I'm pretty well protected because of the due diligence and because of the systems putting in place to do the worst case analytics helps to protect me. And I coined a phrase a long time ago that there's no right or wrong in real estate investing. There's just degrees of profitability. And so for me, when I'm not being as smart as I should be, then my profitability is going to go down. When I'm being really smart and doing my worst case analytics, then my profitability is going to go up. Hey, Goddess, have you been sitting on the sidelines and you're now ready to get started investing in real estate? If so, join me for my free online training, 
how to get started in real estate investing as a busy professional woman. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash W-R-E-I-G to register for our complimentary training and to learn how to get investing in real estate like a goddess today. See you there. To what do you attribute your success? I'm going to say tenacity because I knew I could do it and I wanted to do it. It kind of, you know, a long time ago, I learned that the really super uber wealthy people, most of them made their their legacy through real estate investing because they understood how money worked. They understood real estate and they understood the internal revenue code and they knew how to apply it. But once they learned it, they kept it within their own families. They didn't share it. So I made it my personal mission years and years ago to find out what they knew, how they did it, and then share it. And that's one of the reasons why I love coaching and mentoring so much is because this is very doable. But I started coaching back in 2006 and I realized, you know what, for me to be able to coach people through this, I better be able to put my money where my mouth is. I better take my game to the next level. And that's exactly what I did. I went to the next level. I was terrified, but I did it. I made a lot of mistakes. I lost a couple of dollars here and there, but by and large, I made it through and I'm very pleased for that. Me too. And I'm so, so pleased that you are sharing your hard-earned wisdom with that real estate investor goddesses. What advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out in this field? Believe in yourself, get the education, and then go out there and apply the education. Because if all you're doing is getting educated and not applying it, that's going to be really expensive entertainment. So get out there, learn how to evaluate deals, learn how to evaluate deals correctly, learn the vocabulary of this industry, And don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I don't know how to do this. Be brave to reach out. We've got a great network of amazing women that can help you guys out. So be fearless and get out there and do it. And just make sure you lean into the network of professionals that you have at your reach, I guess. And what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? Oh, good Lord. Oh, (laughs) Oh, so much. I think I wish if I knew then what I know now, I would have gotten into big commercial deals way back then. Because it's actually a lot easier to do the bigger deals. It's terrifying when you first get into it. I get that. But I have to tell you, they really are easier to do than the little small ones. And the reward is so much bigger, not just in terms of the profitability, but just in general, being able to beautify a community, being able to provide well-built, safe apartments that tenants can take pride in at an affordable price. That, oh, I just got chill bumps. (laughs) I, I love doing that. But the fact that I get a good profit, as a result of that, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I wish I'd known earlier, too. I don't know if it's easier to go big than it is to go small, but it's definitely not harder. It's just different. But like you said, the rewards are so much more. So for pretty much the same amount of effort, you're getting a lot more bang for your buck, right? 
I worked just as hard on these adaptive reuse as I did on the single family fix and flip, but I get a lot more reward from the adaptive reuse than I did from the single family fix and flip. In certain ways, you do have things that are open to you. You're more able to access funds. It's just with the financing, doing a one to four unit, it's based off of your personal capital and credit, but I'm able to get a $20, $30 million loan by myself, but I have a hard time just refinancing my own house because of all the tax benefits of real estate. My taxes don't look like I make that much money. <laughs> so we have like money in the bank to buy it all in cash, but it can be be hard to qualify for those one to four units. But So once you learn about commercial, you know, once I did, I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I'd known about this so much earlier. I wish I'd been into this before. Yeah. All right. So we are going to get into our famed end of show Trinity. But before we do that, what is the best way for people to just find out more about what you do? And I mean, you, definitely you can go to REI Goddesses and become part of our Wealthy Goddess program and you get to work with Robin and train from her, learn from her. But where else can they find you? And they can go to my website, I suppose, infiniteequitiesgroup.com. They could call me. They could email me. They can find me on Facebook, certainly. <laughs> on Facebook and you can email Robin, R-O-B-Y-N-N-E at REIGoddesses.com. All right, so... And now it's time for our Trinity, which is a brag, a gratitude, and a desire. What is one thing you're celebrating right now? What's your brag? Oh, my brag. We just moved into a brand new office and it's beautiful. We have boxes and everything everywhere, <laughs> but we just moved in. And that means all of my staff are under one roof and we're really, really coming together at a much higher, much more professional manner. I mean, we used to all just work out of our homes and that was much easier to do with COVID. But now that we have a lot more projects going on, we have four under contract right now. We really need to have them under the same roof at least a couple of days out of the week. So I'm celebrating that. That was huge. I never thought I would go into an office, but we are. (laughs) Well bragged. And what is one thing you're grateful for? Oh my gosh, I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my brain because my brain is, in my opinion, my single best, strongest asset. And I'm so grateful that it's working. (laughs) And I'm just really grateful for my health. Mm, Beautiful. And last but not least, what is one thing you desire? Oh, what do I desire? I desire some time off so I could go to Europe for about a month. (laughs) Just relax for a little while. (laughs) Well, so shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine. Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. Always amazing. So thank you so much for your time. And thank you for being part of Real Estate Investor Goddesses. You are invaluable and we all love you so much. Oh, so. thank you. Love you guys all. I, all the goddesses on the pods and stuff. I just really appreciate them and I'm having so much fun. Thank you for letting me be a part of the group. It's our pleasure. So y'all, thanks for watching. If you don't want to miss another one of these, so make sure you subscribe and also go and please rate it. Give us five stars and share with your friends and meet us next time for another Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast interview. Bye-bye.
Bye. Thank you. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.